Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Awesome. Well, I am actually going to continue sort of talking about um, a theme that uh, we've just been looking at already, this whole idea of what it means to be one body. Uh, and uh, like Karim said, Neil was talking about this last week. He, he's looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, in a really interesting angle, thinking about what it actually means for us as the body to look after those uh, amongst our body who are the most vulnerable and possibly the most voiceless. And it was it was amazing to be part of Safeguarding Sunday and, um, yeah, really encourage you to sort of uh, check back in on all that stuff. And um, also we're kind of continuing it today, thinking about team tryouts and um, and what that what it means that actually we get to, to be part of something bigger than ourselves, like Andy said. And so I just wanted to... Just uh, put in a little bit more detail behind what's kind of already come out, although, to be honest, um, between all the guys that have shared, I think we've, we've kind of covered it all. So um, let's, let's see if I can add some good stuff. Um, but it's just, I think it's this idea, I just, I just love the image of the body in the sense that it, it, it holds both our uniqueness and our individuality and, and just the bit that we bring that no one else brings. It holds that intention with actually being part of something bigger, being part of something else, participating in something, connecting to something that isn't just about you. And so I, th- I think it's a really powerful image and excited to, to look a bit about what that means um, in general, but in particular thinking about what that means as part of a, um, a worshiping church community. <clears throat> and when I think about me and my journey at Vine Life, I've been here for um, 18 years now, I think. And I reckon I've done every team, probably, maybe apart from taking photos, um, although I did make the weekly for a bit, so I think that probably counts. Um, so I reckon I've done it all, but um, two, two sort of things in particular jumped out from when I first started getting, kind of getting involved. And the first was the guy called Michael Ball. Anyone remember Michael Ball? He's, he's a wonderful man. He's um, doing stuff with um, prayer all over the world now. And uh, he, um, after my first year in uni, sort of just tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, Ralph, I, I heard that you want to do church stuff. That was how I would describe what I wanted to do in the future. Yeah, I think I want to do church stuff. But um, I'd felt a sense of calling since I was a teenager. And he was like, well, why don't you just come and hang out with me once a week? And we'll go into the church office and you can uh, um, help me do my job, slash do my job for me. Um, and uh, just see a bit behind the scenes and, and, and what goes on. And like, and yes, it would really help us out. But also, it would be really, really good investment for you. And you'll learn a bit about what goes, um, what goes into being involved in church ministry. And, and so I did that um, once a week. Uh, I had a course that was quite flexible, so I was able to do that. And I loved it, and it was amazing. And it, and it, and it just made a lot of sense, like, in terms of who I already knew God had shaped me to be, and uh, where I felt that he was leading me in the future. And there was just this opportunity for that to join in with something that the church needed. And so it's like, amazing, great. So got involved, did that, and um, I'm, I'm still doing it <laughs> in a... In a Obviously, uh, five days a week rather than one, but um, yeah, it, it's cool that that's where that journey started. Um, and then the other thing that I thought about was um, was Penny. Where's she gone? Uh, sort of, yes, there she is, tapping him on the shoulder and being like, uh, we need people for prophetic teams. And at the time, I was just like, I kind of loved prophetic ministry, and I loved the idea that um, that people would sort of speak into my life and, uh, and hear what God was saying, but it just felt a bit like something that other people did. And, uh, and, and it, yeah, it was a bit kind of terrifying, but I thought, hey, you know what, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And so it was just whether it was something that felt like a really obvious fit, like this is definitely who I am and it'd be silly to not take this opportunity. It's actually something that felt a bit like, 
oh, this is totally out of my comfort zone, but hey, maybe God's going to do something. Um, it, it was awesome that actually it, it could be both, both those things. That, you know, um, with both of those, <coughs> it's going to help me to know a bit more about what Jesus is like. It's going to help me in my journey. It's going to help me um, just connect to community in a different way. And, uh, and yeah, so I just loved it. And so I just want to encourage you, like, thinking through whether the stuff that has already been shared or stuff that might come out now, like, um, maybe there's something that feels like a really obvious fit, go for it. Maybe there's something that feels a bit left field, go for that as well, because who knows what God will do. But today I want to um, look, <coughs> excuse me, in a bit more detail at Romans 12. So if you've got a Bible, you want to open that to Romans 12, um, but it'll also be up on the screen. And I'm reading for the NLT. <coughs> And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So this verse, it comes... Paul has spent the previous 11 chapters just unpacking what, um, who God is, what it means um, to be living in the world, that the fact that we're, we're sinful, but uh, we're, we're redeemed, and we learn about what it means to be God's kids, and sort of brings it all together with this kind of culmination of praise, and like, isn't God amazing? And then at the start of chapter 12, he's then like, and so... And because of all of that, because of just this incredible um, reality of who God is and what it means that, uh, that we can know him, because of all that, we're called to something. And it is to live a life of worship. And I love that it's, it's in response. Like it doesn't start, Romans 1 doesn't start with, and so you need to worship first. And then it almost feels like, okay, well, we start off with us. And the first thing we need to do is do something. Like we need to worship. We need to give of ourselves. And maybe that's the start of the journey. And maybe it'll go a bit wrong. And maybe God will sort it out and da, da, da. But actually, no, it's like God has already done everything. He's already brought us into his family. He's already redeemed us and set us free. We recognize who he is. And then as a result of that, we worship. And as it tells us here in verse 1, um, worship is a living and holy sacrifice. It's the giving of everything that we've got, and it's laying it down for God. So yes, it is that um, declaration of praise and, and, and sort of screaming out the breath in your lungs, but it's also the, um, the moving some chairs or like sweeping some leaves or what, whatever it is, there's every part of our life can be offered as sacrifice to God. And it's, um, none of it's to prove ourselves. None of it's to earn our place. None of it is to make ourselves feel better than someone else next to us. It's all in response to who God is and what he's already done. 
And um, I just want to say from the outset, like I kind of say this a few times, but is this verse primarily about serving at church? No, absolutely it's not. Um, does it include serving church, at serving at church? Absolutely, absolutely it does. And so, um, and part of part of what this life of worship, what it means is like, um, it's like when we lay ourselves out for God, when we give everything to Him, we're actually engaging in in this process that um, that Paul picks up in verse two, which is it, this idea of transformation. That actually, in in worship, in offering our lives as a living sacrifice. We're beginning this, this process of transformation, and we're, um, our old lives are dying, and we're stepping into the new life that we have in Jesus. And so it should look like something, and it should look like actually living a life of worship, living a life of sacrifice, should look different to the lives that we see around us, which is what he, he goes on to in verse 2. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So part of what it means to be a worshiping community is, is to stand out, I think. And um, it's to be something that not only looks different, but actually sort of suggests a different way. And there's, there's a, a million different examples we could probably think of. But the one that jumped out to me, um, I thought was relevant today, was the whole idea of individualism, or like rampant individualism that it feels like exists in the world around us. And... Again, lots to be said. Uh, John Mark Homer's probably said it all, so uh, go check him out. But um, it's this idea, I think, that in the world we see today, we have everything on our own terms. Like, everything is how we want it. Um, and, you know, like, even down to how we, like, watch TV. It's, there isn't a case of, like, Seth was watching TV the other day. He couldn't get his head around the fact that the episode of Grizzly and the Lemmings that was on he couldn't just choose a different one. It's like, no, you're actually watching real TV. This is the one that is on. You have to watch this one. There are no other options right now because we were at grandma's house. And he was just like, it's just completely alien concept that you can't just make a bespoke list of things that you want to watch. And we have that with everything, don't we, pretty much? Um, we can have a completely bespoke existence, which is amazing. But um, I think it just kind of creates this culture that um, actually we are the center of the universe. And um, like I am the center point about around which my world rotates. And you can be the center point of your world, and that's amazing. And we'll all just do that, and maybe they'll bump into each other. But still, kind of, it, it's me in the middle. And um, whereas I think the kingdom, kingdom idea, and I think what Jesus would say to individualism is, yes, you're uniquely created. Yes, you're delighted in, and you're valuable beyond measure. But you're not the captain of your own ship. And yes, God cares about the intricate details of your life, but the world does not revolve around you. And yes, you're an empowered child of the king with a heavenly destiny, but your primary calling is to serve others. And when, um, when we do understand others, and when we serve others, we understand through experience, and we make a prophetic declaration that life isn't primarily about what you get out of it that there are bigger things at play than your personal agenda. That those who seek to hold on and, and, and grasp at life, actually they're the ones who'll lose it. But those who are prepared to surrender are the ones who'll discover abundance. And we're saying that actually there is, like with Jesus, there is true joy on the other side of sacrifice. And again, I know that that is primarily not about church rotors. 
And anyone who says otherwise is, is probably trying to twist your arm. But does it include them? Yes, absolutely. And it's just thinking, if we can't be like that, if we can't learn what it means to, uh, to prefer one another, to um, set aside our, our agenda, to let someone else's um, needs dictate our own, if we can't learn how to do that in church when everyone else is doing it back, like where else are we going to? Uh, I saw this video the other day that's like, it was from some Texas football thing, and it just said, who you are some of the time is who you are all of the time. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's this kind of, we can't just turn things on and off. And so actually, if, if we're coming into church, it's like, you know, this is, I'll just get out what I can and sort of skirt around the edges and have a nice time and, you know, maybe throw some money in the offering every time it comes around. Like, actually, that's fine if you want to do that, but then you're probably not going to be able just to turn on self-sacrifice and generosity and living for someone else everywhere else. I don't know. Maybe you can. Verse 3 and 5, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So um, Paul's talking about humility, he talks about that a lot, and he's obviously talking about it in the context of our specific contributions, like what it means to be... Um, uh, diff- members within the body, and he, he goes on to list a few examples, which we'll look at in a second. And I think the first thing just to say, and this feels really obvious, but don't measure yourself by the nature of your gift, what it looks like in comparison to someone else, what you bring. Like, it's just, that's just basic. Just, it's not a competition. And like, all this comparison, all this, well, uh, you know, they're on this team, and they're on that team, or they do this thing, or like, that is worldly thinking that we're called to stand out and, and look different to. In 1 Corinthians 12, which is a very similar passage, Paul says that um, spiritual gifts were given so that we could help each other. The whole point is that it's about someone else. It's, about, it's not about proving ourselves. It's not about gaining status. It's not about feeling good about ourselves. It's not even about can we come to church guilt-free if we tick off a few things. It's about can we take what we have and, and give it for the benefit of someone else. And uh, Paul sums it up by saying we're many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. And I, I, I was just trying to think how, like, I feel like we're going to be trying to working out, trying to work out what it means to belong to one another for the rest of our lives. Like, that's a really interesting concept. Isn't it? How do I belong to someone else? And, but um, I think even as we, as we journey through that and try and understand it more and more, there were just um, a few things that jumped out. The first one is that unity is found in diversity. Again, sounds obvious, but the whole point of a body is it's not a, a, a mass of units. It's not a collection of all the same things, but by nature, it, it requires loads of different things to come together. Yes, you might have more than one hand, but you need loads of things that are different to a hand. The whole point is that people are different, and so we need everyone to bring their different, because without, without it, we don't have a body, which is kind of what Vicky was saying before about you know, yes, there's not a specific type of person who helps out in kids' work. It's everyone, because we, we need everyone together. Uh, the second idea is, if, is for a body to exist, it requires connection. Like, it can't just be loads of parts that are sat next to each other. There actually needs to be a link. There needs to be a connection. Like, we can't just be close. We have to be connected. And um, I, th- I feel like 
for me, especially, like, when often I think about collection, I think of connection. I think about feelings. And, like, oh, yeah, you know, I feel connected to this person. Like, um, you know, I feel a sense of love and, and affirmation and uh, enjoyment and all that kind of stuff, which is amazing. But I think, actually, it's about um, a mutually beneficial relationship. Like, in, in this image of the body, it's not just that the, the hand enjoys being next to the arm. Like, it, it has to be. And they have to help each other out. There's a, like, blood is flowing between them. Oxygen is flowing between them. There's, there's a tangible essence of what it looks like to be connected. And, um, and so it's almost like when we feel connected to each other, it's kind of like, oh, it gives us faith. I kind of, I have faith that I'm in the body because I feel a sense of love and affection and warmth towards other people. But actually, what does James say about faith? He says, faith without deeds is dead. And so it's not enough just to feel warm and fuzzy around people and feel, oh, I'm I'm kind of feel connected. Like, actually, if there isn't a transfer of stuff, there isn't, like, a mutually beneficial relationship, then I wonder if we're actually a live body or not. Very similarly, like, the the third one is um, that I think, why I know, members of the same body can require things of other members. Like, it, it sort of, require feels like a weird word because it's it's so subconscious, but it's it, and it just sounds stupid to even point it out, but, like, that the eye can ask something of the hand. You know, like, when I'm, when I'm playing American football, I'm sort of, I'm stood ready, and I'm, and I'm here in my stance, and I'm looking, waiting to see when the ball's going to go. And as soon as the ball moves, suddenly my eyes are requiring something in my legs. Okay, now they need to move, and now they're off. And now I'm running down the field, and I'm faking left, and then I go right. And then suddenly the ball's coming in, I'm about to catch it, and my eyes are now going to ask something of my hands. And they're going out, and oh, no, it went down, never mind. Um, but there's, there's just an obvious requirement that we have of one another. And so I think it's like, it'd be weird to expect that we would be connected to one another in the same body, bringing out all our different things, and not ask things of one another. And then the fourth thing, um, and I just wanted to bring back 1 Corinthians 12 for this, is that what, what happens to one of us happens to all of us. Neil was looking at this so beautifully last week. So verses 26 and 27. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is part of it. And again, potentially um, a bit ham-fisted to make this all about rotors, but we can see how it applies. You know, if someone walks in and they, they feel just ignored or left out, we all suffer because of that. If, we, we don't, if we're not, like Andy was saying, if we're not investing in our youth at this critical juncture, we all suffer as a result of that. And, um, it's, and it's starting to, as we start to view things, it's not just about me. And it's not just about me sort of occasionally throwing some kind of contribution over a wall towards something. Like, I am part of this thing. And if, it, if, it, if it's glad, I'm glad. And if it suffers, I'm suffering. Because that's how Jesus told us to be together. Verses six to eight. In his grace, God has given us different gifts. And he goes on to list them. He's like, hey, you know, if you're going to do this, do it really well. Um, really go, go for it. And um, in... Uh, Elsewhere through the New Testament, Paul makes similar lists, and I think they're deliberately not the same. Like, they're all really similar, but they're not quite the same. And I think it's because we want to read them, and we want to, like, make a system out of it. Okay, well, that one's first, that one's second, that one's third, boom, boom, boom. Um, and then we know how it works. But the point is, um, they're just, it's just different stuff. 
and like there's a variety, there's a diversity, and the whole point is just like everyone's got something different to bring, everyone has a unique place. But the key thing is, within that diversity, within that variety, bring everything that you've got. Like if you're going to prophesy, don't just dance around it, do it with great faith. If you're going to serve or teach others, don't just do the bare minimum, but do it all. Do it really well. If you're giving, don't just give a little. Go overboard. Be extravagant. Be generous. If you've got the gift of leadership, don't think it's about you. Think it's about, know that it's about taking responsibility and embrace the fullness of that. And if you're gifted with being kind, don't just do it because you have to. Do it with gladness and joy. And so I just want to encourage you, like, if God has gifted you with something, which he has, Every single person in this room, God has gifted you with many things. For whatever he's gifted you in, um, don't give it back in half measure. Like, spend it all. Give it all away. Invest it all. Um, I help coach a football team, and and, uh, when they asked me to help out, I was a bit like, oh, I really, like, yes, you know, if you know me, it's right on my street. Like, in fact, you know, often people ask, what would you do if you, you know, what would a dream other job be? It's that like, I'd love to be a high school football coach and uh, like Friday Night Lights or something. It, it just fits things that I think are really cool and really important. But um, even so, when I got asked, I was just like, mm, like, uh, I kind of, yes, but I also, I'll, I deliberately was like, I'm not going to go every week and I'll, I say I can do this, but I can't do that. And, and, it, and it was all because I just, I, f- I was like, I don't want to get trapped. I don't want to say yes to this. And be like, right, I'm in for the next however long my kids want to play football. And um, But the thing is, I found that I actually then, when I show up, I sort of feel like I'm sort of skirting around the edges. And, and, uh, and it's just like, oh, it's like, yeah, I'm helping out and I'll bring some balls and I'll send some messages in the group and that kind of thing. But occasionally when other people are away and it's like, actually, no, right, now I'm the one that has to run this. And, it's, and, I, and I'm a bit more invested and a bit more, a bit more responsible and I'm a bit more integral to the process. And I actually find it like so much more life-giving because I'm not seeing it as, as this thing that I have to like manage a bit of a contribution to. But it's like, oh, I'm part of this thing because I love it and it's exciting. And, I'm, and I, just, I, get, I get energy for it rather than it taking energy from me. And um, and so I just I just feel like actually there may be just things in all of our lives where we're we're sort of managing our involvement because we don't want to get trapped. But the thing is, no, no one's trapped because at any point I could just say, "Oh, I can't do this anymore. I need to stop." That's fine. But just in sort of that kind of half-heartedness, I'm sort of robbing myself of what it means to be part of it, and I'm kind of just diluting what what it could be as well. And I think it's important here to, to bring a bit of balance and actually um, just to say that it's really easy to use the body analogy for basically just getting people to give everything they've got for the greater good and, like, and almost like rinsing people of everything they have. And it's like, that's absolutely not what we want to do. Um, and the, the whole point is that actually we know about who we are and what we can bring and we, we do it wholeheartedly, but... We don't try and do everything. Because if we are trying to do everything, we're probably doing it on our own strength, not in God's grace. And we're probably going to have to keep it going with our own effort. And that's going to that's gonna run out really quickly. So we need to have boundaries. We need to be able to say no. And I would love for this church to be the easiest place in the world to say no. Because there's no sense of, well, if, what will they think if I say no? Like, will I, 
Uh, you know, will I be letting someone down? Will I be a, being a bad Christian? It's like, no, absolutely not. Like, this needs to be the easiest place in the world to say no so that whatever your yes is, is an all in. It's like, yeah, I can do that. I'm all in. And so it's just some, obviously some really um, obvious activations about, we've already looked at it, what, what might I mean to even just on a Sunday be like, yes, I can stick my hand up, I can, I can do that team tryout, I can have a little go. There's probably things that don't exist yet that you know about that you'd be like, hey, what about this, what about that? It's like, yes, ask us, let us know about that. But um, I just, I think the, the thing that I feel, just wonder if God's stirring this morning, because I look around this room and so many people are contributing in so many ways, so it's, it, it's incredible. But just to wonder, are there some areas where maybe it's felt like you've kind of gone one foot in and one foot out? Like, could you go both feet in? And like, I don't know what that looks like. And who am I to tell you what, what your, your wholehearted yes is? I don't know. But I just wonder, like, even if you've been doing something for years, like, where maybe you've been leaning towards, oh, you can have a bit of me, but not all of me. Like, could you go all in? And be like, yes, I'm going to take a bit more responsibility. I'm going to become a bit more integral to this thing that I know that God has made me for. And then, um, but the thing I wanted to end on, and the thing that makes me so excited about being members of one body, it's the body that we get to be part of, which is Jesus' body, that we are in the body of Christ that he is the head, that all of this stuff, it's for him, it's through him, it's because of him. That, that he is the whole point of it all. And it's, um, it's really easy to sort of just feel like, oh, church exists to make church exist. And I just want to say that we're not sat here today so that we can sit here again next week and the week after, and the week after. Like, we're here today because God has given us a family. He's given us church, and he's, he's given us this thing as a way that we can experience more of him and grow to be more like him and be connected to one another. And is it all of it? No, but is it some of it? Yes, absolutely. Because God, God's at work. Like, God has a mission. He is, he's making all things new. He's bringing his kingdom to the earth. He's recreating, he's restoring, he's renewing, he's doing all of that stuff, and he, he's on a mission, and part of that mission is he has a church, and it's in this church that we learn how to worship, we learn how to pray, we learn how to teach one another, we learn how to spur each other on, we learn how to bind up the brokenhearted, and, and, um, and learn how to set the captives free, and we learn how to take what God is doing and take it out, all that stuff, we learn it here, and we learn how to love one another and to serve one another. And it's, it's not that the whole point is so that church exists. It's just that God is using his church body. He's using ministry. He's using it to um, help us connect to him and be shaped by him and be more like him. And I just want to say, if, like, if it ever has felt the other way around, like actually if you have felt like I exist here in order to make this thing happen, then I'm sorry whether that has been in Vine Life or other churches. Like, I, it's really easy to see how that happens, and, and that's not the point. You aren't a cog in a machine. You're a living person that is part of a body that Jesus is knitting together to shape us more and more like him. And uh, it's, it's because ultimately he is the one that he made us. He created us. He shaped us. 
Uh, he's the one that gives us our personality, our calling, our destiny. He's the one that brings hope and healing and life and salvation. And he is the wellspring of all that is good. And anything that helps us connect with him together is just incredible. And so, like, uh, like the guys were saying, the whole point of this is that we get to join him with what God is already doing. And what an amazing, amazing privilege. And so, um, so I just want to pray. So if, uh, if you guys want to stand up, that'd be amazing. Uh, in fact, if you're on kids' teams, you might need to head out and get them. Sorry. Um, if you're on kids' team, please can you head out and get your kids. Thank you. Um, prayer team over here, that'd be wonderful. So there were um, there are three things I just wanted to to pray into, and I just want to I'm going to pray in a second, but I want to encourage you, uh, if you want someone to stand with you and pray with you a bit more, um, come and grab these guys. They would love to pray for you. Uh, the first is if you actually you don't know Jesus as the head of your body, <laughs> you d- you've never met him, you've never said yes to him. I just want to encourage you, like make today that day. Say yes to him, like he is the wellspring of abundance. He is the source of true life. He died so that you could know him and he, he rose again so that you can be filled with resurrection power and spend eternity with God. So if you don't know yes, you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, come and chat with these guys. Um, second group of people is maybe you have said yes to Jesus, but doesn't feel like you don't feel like you know him in the way that you actually feel like you're part of his body, that maybe he's just a concept or an idea or a pattern that you've been following. But actually, maybe God's stirring something in your spirit this morning that, like, I, Jesus, I want to know you deeper. I want to know you as part of your body. And then the, the third group of people that I wonder that God might be moving in was um, for people that maybe have felt like, um, whether for a little, short amount of time or a long amount of time, that being part of church has felt a bit more like being a cog in a machine than it has about being a member of a body. And then... Um, I just want to encourage you, if that, um, if that is something that you're carrying in your heart, um, just to get someone to, to pray with you. Um, and actually, it probably looks like some conversations that need to be had as well. But um, actually ask God to just show you his delight in you for who you are. Not for what you bring, not for what you can do, not for what you can contribute, but for this unique, wonderful person that he's made you to be. And he, he wants you to leave here this morning knowing that you're connected to his beating heart. That there is life in your spirit. That you're not, a, you're not a cog in a machine. You're a living, breathing, beautifully valuable, unique member of a body. And he wants you to not just know that in your head, but know that in your spirit as well. So, um, so I'm going to pray for us all in a second. But if any of those things resonate, um, come chat to these guys. Pray with the people that you came with. Just don't leave here this morning without doing some business with God. So, Father, thank you that you put us together in a body. Thank you that you made us to be connected to each other. And thank you, Jesus, that we draw all our life from you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move amongst us. God, you would show us where it is that we can um, show up in the fullest expression of, of who you've made us to be. But that we do so, God, from a life of 
uh, knowing your delight and your kindness and your goodness. And Lord, I pray that this, this expression of your body will be one that is full of life. God, that is um, just mutually beneficial, that brings glory to you. And God, I, I pray for each and every part of it that, that we would all feel connected, we would all feel seen, and we would all know your life and your goodness. So fill us up fresh in Jesus' name, I pray. And just um, reawaken our delight at what it means to be um, part of what you're doing in this world. Yeah, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless, and see you soon.